Okay guys, so welcome back to episode 5 of Teen Muscle Radio and today I'm joined with another star guest. We have got Jack Thorburn and he is going to be basically um, again describing his journey to the natural bodybuilding stage and uh, just a quick pointer, I don't know Jack like massively well um, so this is going to be really exciting for me to learn more about Jack uh, where he comes from and what he does and how he has achieved uh, such great success so far. So before I th- say anything more, I'm going to let Jack introduce himself and give you a bit more information about him. So go ahead, Jack. All right, thanks for that introduction, AJ. Um, yeah, just briefly, my name is Jack Thorburn from Swansea in Wales, South Wales, uh, 22 years old, um, just currently doing a master's in strength and conditioning, uh, went to, yeah, in Cardiff Metropolitan University, but that's studying from at home, which is something with a master's degree, uh, but I also went to Cardiff Met for my uh, undergrad, doing uh, sport and exercise science, so um, that's about it really. Yeah. And how long have you been like in the bodybuilding sort of scene, or, like how many competitive seasons have you had so far? Like, actual, actual bodybuilding, this is my first season okay. of properly bodybuilding. Uh, this season is, I've done three shows, uh, recent, most recent one being the BMBF on the weekend, uh, past Sunday, but yeah, I've done three, all three, diff- they were all three different federations, uh, first was the PCA, Welsh, uh, which I did the classic bodybuilding class in. Sure. Um, the second one was the NABA, which I did the juniors. Interesting. And then, last, like I said, last again, BMBF juniors as well. Eh? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that you'd done more than the BMBF. Obviously, I'd seen shots of you like competing, um, yeah. but to, to me, that almost looked like an MPA stage. So that's interesting for me to know. Okay. Um, so that's cool. Wicked. Um, so first topic, as per usual, Jack, is I. I'd really like to know how it all initially started from you. So, how old are you currently? I'm uh, 22. 22 yeah. years old. Okay, yeah. so when, what age was it that you got into the gym? When did you start lifting? Um, like, literally prob- the first time. Yeah, I'd probably say it was about 15 years old. I think okay. that's pretty similar with quite a lot of people. Uh, it was... Sort of, I was always quite like a, a big boy when I was younger, but it was quite sort of like endomorphic big, so I was always quite like a chunky sort of boy, you know, so naturally you sort of get a reputation for being sort of the bigger person, so I thought, you know, you try and keep that up by going to the gym, because obviously I think 15, I think 15 was the oldest, you have to be that to be 15 to go to the gym in, uh, yeah. in my in my secondary school okay. they, they recently opened a new um, facility there so I was really keen to get in there I think it was 15 before they allowed you to touch any of the weights obviously you could do any of the cardio from a younger age but um, yeah so like I played rugby I, I loved rugby when I was younger um, so naturally it was just um, I also went for a lot more like strength development and stuff like that you know so Cool. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So, would you say that you initially started lifting weights and going to the gym to 
improve your performance at rugby? Like, did you have any physique related goals straight away, or was it more for no, sport? Yeah, yeah, there was no physique related goals. Um, it was quite a lot to do with rugby, but also, um, like I mentioned earlier, when I was younger, I was quite egotistical. And, and I was quite, quite yeah, yeah, quite keen to sort of keep up a reputation, you know, sort of as the big boy or whatever, as sad as that sounds. That's all, that is, that's all in the past now, so, um, like, my output, my um, outlook on everything is so much different now. But, um, yeah, so when I was younger, I sort of tried to keep that up. So I was, I was in there... You know, yeah, putting put the pin at the bottom of the leg extension, <laughs> repping it for what for one rep just to show everyone. But yeah, yeah along with that, it was there was also a rugby element as well because I remember uh, at this at the gym that I was going to, the one in the school, there was no bench press or it was all sort of really basic, just quite a lot of like life fitness machine stuff. Um, and then, but when I was about fifteen, my dad uh, bought me a bench press. And we, and we set, set it up down in the garage, and every Wednesday it was uh, it was bench day, and I can remember we used to we used to bang out about ten sets. So he just used to stand there spotting me, and at the time um, at the time I just failed to get into uh, the Swansea rugby team squad. Uh, I just missed out, and this one guy pet me towards it, and he's quite a big sort of boy. So I remember my dad's motivation, he used to stand over me on the bench press and, and scream this, this boy's name at me, at me when I was doing it. So maybe that's where I get my sort of motivation and my intensity from these days, but I can remember him shouting his name at me when I was bench pressing. So yeah, that's sort of my first um, sort of memory of proper training. It's, yeah, just a basic, it's basic bench press. I've still got it now, but... I was going yeah. to ask that. I was going to ask you still got it. That's really awesome. That's, yeah, you, you, could, you, you could barely, barely fit your back, back on the pad. <laughs> it was so thin. I can't. I, I, I think, think it's a York. York. Yeah. A York. I think it's a York. I want yeah. a York so badly. Uh, I never got one, though. I was always... <laughs> I think I was always wanting one looking in the Argos catalogue, but no, I don't yeah. think I ever got one. Oh, the, <laughs> the plates were horrendous. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they weren't very, they they were very right. big. Yeah, I didn't have the York ones. They were these really... Like, like uh, clangy, metally ones, yeah. but um, I just quite a good dungeon sort of atmosphere, so I did. I enjoyed it really. So cool. So you mentioned obviously only bench being the predominant workout on uh, a certain day. Yeah. Now, did you did you initially start like training your entire body? What would what would a normal week looking look like in the gym would you go every day and how would you train like initially like, I'm talking like first couple of months what did it look like I I think, I think when I was um, when I first started going um, I was following this Australian I don't know how I came across him this Australian bloke his name was Ruben Baja or something like that I, interesting I've never heard of him <laughs> Yeah, I, these days I don't hear anything about him, but for some reason I came across his website and I was mad for it and he, so I followed quite a lot of his stuff, so it was, um, it was quite bro at the time, so it was sort of individual body parts every day, but also um, my dad had a personal trainer at the time, so I sort of got quite a bit of input through him, uh, just following sort of what he did, similar sort of exercises, but um 
Yeah, it was quite sort of a bro split from the start. So, um, pretty basic sort of exercise. And obviously, I was restricted with uh, the sort of gym equipment I had at the time in the school gym. So, it was very machine based. I think the dumbbells only went up to about, I think, 20 kilos, 25 kilos at the most. So, yeah. So, you've developed like an awesome physique and. I'm sure that in the in the picture of this podcast we'll have a picture of your physique so people can get an idea of actually like how well developed you are currently. Right. So I'd like to know whether these initial like sessions, these like first few months of training, did you notice quite considerable change in the way that you looked and felt like right off the bat or did it come a bit slower? Like how was your response to weight training? But like, like I, I mentioned, mentioned at the start, start I, I consider myself very endomorphic, so I I feel I put on muscle very easily, but it's just getting rid of the fat's the main problem. But um, yeah, so I say, well, I was always quite big naturally, just as a frame, being so endomorphic, but um, yeah, so I felt I put muscle on quite quickly, that's maybe why I got so addicted to the gym probably because I noticed gains so quickly as opposed to if I hadn't maybe I would have been a bit disheartened by it all but um, no I definitely definitely feel I've put, um, put considerable size on from the start yeah yeah cool did you notice that more like were you taking pictures of your physique were you looking in the mirror were you just filling out clothes more what was like the initial, or did strength go up really, really fast? Like, how did you notice that you were, you're like, wow, man, I am actually making some really good progress here. I'm going to continue doing this. What was, what was the things that you were seeing or, or, or doing? Maybe, maybe it was never pictures, never, because to be honest, when I was younger, I, would, I was a really shy, really shy character. Um, I don't want to delve too, I don't want to delve too far into it, but. Yeah. Of being quite a chunky sort of boy, I um I got quite a lot of um quite a lot of sick when I was younger, which made which was probably the same, which was probably what drove me to the gym really, but quite quite different to a lot of people because a lot of people got bullied for being skinny, so they went to the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas them, I I didn't go to the gym because I got bullied. I, it was more that I dieted down because I got a bit of sick for being the chunky sort of boy, especially by like girls and stuff like that. So that's another motivator for going to the gym with a lot of people for the girls. But yeah, I think yeah, it was, it was rugby related, but also yeah, definitely sort of um, a confidence thing as well because that's where I felt most confident because. Yeah, as well, I was excelling most that and the rugby field that those two, yeah. And it improved confidence straight out of the bat. That's really good. Yeah. That's that's good to take note. Like, obviously, teenagers watching this and stuff like that, if they're struggling with confidence... Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a big thing. thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the gym is the answer. And I know I can relate on that a lot. Like, I was definitely a chunkier kid when I was younger. I was actually rubbish at rugby, though. So I got <laughs> even more stick for that because I was a chunky kid that should be good at rugby. But not, um, yeah. yeah, but not. And didn't have much going for another time. So 
yeah, I mean, that's how I initially got into the gym, so I can relate hard on that, Jack. So, yeah, really good point. Um, yeah, so not to hang about on training too much, I'd like to, obviously, a lot of the guys and girls that listen to this are potentially in their starting phase of yeah. whether they're entering the gym and how they're structuring everything. So, what a lot of them really are interested in, and I noticed this online, is what people did at the start with regards to nutrition and the other chats that I've had with the guys previously have been quite sort of, they've opened my mind to the fact that everyone starts with a somewhat ridiculous eating pattern. So either crazily high calorie or just or just like really weird eating patterns that yeah. like would involve foods that we'd never experienced before or wouldn't put into our normal diet now. So what did your like over the first years or two when you were really sort of getting into the gym, building strength and muscle, what would a what would a daily diet look like for you? Was it structured? Like what did it look like? Well, I think, as, as I mentioned, mentioned before, um, with my, my dad, dad having a personal trainer, trainer okay. that helped out quite a lot because I did ask him for input and stuff like that because he was like quite a family friend. Yeah. Uh, also, at the time, is when I sort of um, started to like, trim down a bit from the sort of fat boy look because I think it was, well, yeah, when I was 15, uh, crazily, I gave up chocolate. Okay. Yeah, completely, I am. Um, I used to walk home from school every day, and uh, there's a spa on my road, and I used to get two, used to get two chocolate bars. I couldn't help myself every day, two chocolate bars, and by the time I eat them, by the time I get home, and then wash them down with two pints of chocolate milkshake. I used to be, I used to be a chocolateholic, and uh, but then one day, it, Christmas time, actually, opened my advent calendar, nailed the whole lot, and then and then said, right, that's it. I'm done, and I because I, I tried to give up numerous times because I was bored of the fat boy comments and stuff like that. So, but then I actually did just give it up, and it's been it's been seven years since then. You might say that's a bit crazy, but to be honest, you yeah. Well, after after that long, you just don't you don't really miss saying that I always all of my protein has to be some sort of chocolate flavored. So just to cure, just to cure the sort of sweet tooth. Just to keep it there. Yeah, and I'm still sort of making uh, like chocolate protein ice cream and stuff like that. Nice. So you know, it all helps to cure the cravings. Yeah. yeah. So did you? Was your initial phase? Obviously, you were a chunky, chunkier kid. Like, was your initial phase when you were starting in the gym? Was it like almost like a fat loss phase? And would you say you got into the gym and immediately started losing weight as opposed to gaining it? I think my parents helped quite a lot because they've always pushed really good nutrition on me. Like they never let me sort of eat crap, basically. It would always, the only time I'd ever sort of get a chance to eat the rubbish would be if I was by myself. So say, while you ate it before you got home? Yeah, or when I was on the way to school, if they gave me money, I'd get like a sausage roll or pasty or something like that but apart from that meals at home were always really good good meals breakfast for some reason from a young age breakfast was always pushed upon me as sort of main meal so I'd be I'd nail porridge good man yeah all the time and saying that that's the one thing I miss the most during prep is oats yeah that's the one thing yeah um, but yeah no I think yeah pet 
So, like a combination of my parents and the input from the personal trainer, it wasn't it wasn't sort of a weight loss diet or a gaining sort of diet. It was just yeah, yeah, just sort of a healthy sort of eating, really. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, when you got to like a body weight you were comfortable at, did you find out about bulking? or like going up in weight to gain muscle, did you ever have a phase where you maybe found it, because I think I had a phase where I did a lot of, I did a lot of dieting to get to a weight that I was comfortable at, and then I found out about bulking, and I went a bit balls to the wall with it, and I ended up just being the chunky kid again, but with a bit <laughs> more muscle. So did you ever find, like did you ever transition into like a, a bulking phase? Did you ever gain weight and like with a purpose or not? Because you're obviously putting a lot of muscle, so you must have. Yeah, yeah I think the first time I ever sort of put together a structured diet to sort of gain mass yeah. was when I went to um, I went away to boarding school, a college, uh, where I first that's when I properly got into sort of bodybuilding and training. I met I met this uh, this boy there, and he was a bodybuilder, and he. He picked me up and asked me to be his training partner because he, like, saw me, saw a bit of potential in me, saw how hard I trained. And then that's when I started to sort of put together a proper sort of gaining diet. And at the time, I was, so I was 16 and I was about 90 kilos. So I was fairly decently sized for my age. And, um, yeah, so that was typical. It was quite a bro diet then, really. It was, um, Obviously, Obviously, being in a boarding school, you had to three of the meals were provided. Okay. But I was eating. I was eating my own meals as well. So the I'd go to the gym there at six o'clock, but I'd wake up at about five and have um. I had, I had a hand blender when I was younger, and um, so I'd put together a morning shake of protein powder, oats, peanut butter, and blueberries. That's and blend it all up at five o'clock in the morning in a boarding house, so you can imagine everyone loved me, you know, being in a boarding house of forty boys with a blender at five o'clock in the morning. But no, yeah, so just have that, and then train six o'clock, then um, then go over to the uh, the dining hall, and I wouldn't even, even have to give him the uh, canteen they knew I wanted because it's the same thing every day. Yeah. It was about, I think, uh, it was a bowl of porridge, again, more oats, yeah. peanut butter, again. So that, as you can tell, I'm addicted to those two still to this day. So it'd be those, it'd be those two, and then uh, scrambled egg and beans, same thing every day, really. Yeah, and then uh, Uncle Ben's, Uncle Ben's rice at break then, in the microwave, so chicken and rice. Then... Uh, <laughs> the same thing again at lunch. So there's basically consistency of same meals every day. At a young age, that was sort of 16, you know? So, yeah, so lunch then was jacket potato, beans and cheese every day again. Uh, and then the only thing that changed was dinner, but dinner at the boarding school was horrific. Uh, like, because we were the, the sort of eldest in the school, we went to dinner last, so often, like, you would have thought we'd get the best stuff, but often we got the dregs, so it was, quite often it was, like, hot dogs and stuff like that, so numerous times I, uh, saw them down in a bit of a strop, 
and then I ended up just going to going to the little town there and just purchasing something there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Interesting. So, quick question on that: Would you find that? Would you say that boarding school helped you with structure and eating yeah. patterns and getting? Yeah, it would. Yeah, definitely. Especially, especially yeah, yeah like, like a, a discipline, discipline as well. Mm. Definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah structure-wise, yeah, because obviously you're just getting a routine. Yeah. And, and it's yeah, it's quite, quite disciplined there. Like that you can't. You have to be back in at a certain time. time. You have to do it. Do that. Well. Yeah, like, and, and also, also just like the way, way you, or like you, you for that. But saying that, at the time, time I did have um, I did, I did have, have a rat tail in my hair, hair oh, which wow. was which was about that that long. Because I all I wanted to be was a, a Maori rugby player when I was younger. At the time, I grew a rat tail and had to hide it in my uh, in my shirt, so I had to tuck it in down the back there. So. But a lot of changed hairstyles since then, so yeah. <laughs> rebellious. Right. Um, so basically, I want to like. There's so much good stuff there, and a lot of people will take away like really, really positive stuff from that. And you've obviously gone through like a you know good phase in terms of being a teenager and being a young person, building muscle, boarding school, etc. Very different background to anyone I've spoken to before. So yep. what would be like a couple or your main top tip in terms of what you'd say to a teenager who's listening to this and really wanting to gain some muscle and potentially compete in bodybuilding in the future what would you say to them looking back on obviously what you've been through well like good quality food because obviously when I was growing up and sort of that age sort of 16 or whatever there was nothing that obviously if it fits your macros, it's quite sort of like a big topic now. Yeah. At the time, it was there was no sort of there's no such thing. So all I knew of was obviously like like I said, oats, jacket jacket potato, rice. You know, they're like staple bodybuilding meals. But I had no idea at the time that they were. Just that's what I all I knew really. So um, yeah, just. Make sure, sure you're getting, getting the quality, quality food in. But obviously, obviously like you, you can, can let yourself have a treat here and there, you know. Yeah. But I think quality food grows quality muscle. I think that's a, that is a big thing. Okay, really. being more aware of making like decent choices and yeah. potentially like tracking macros at some point. But I think you've shown that you know, another thing that they can take away just from listening and applying is the fact that you've been able to build like a lot of muscle through just like living like a like a young person. Like do you just yeah. you've gone through that phase where you've just you know, you've involved yourself in the daily meals yeah. that they've been having at the boarding well, school. Trust me, yeah, yeah trust trust me, me, being in a boarding school wasn't exactly facilitating the whole sort of building muscle process. Sure. Yeah. You know, um like the food, the food they had there wasn't great at all. Yeah. Um, it could have been a lot better. So especially like protein sources and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you saw those, the chick, the chicken when it used to come out was horrendous. The uh, the scrambled egg was the powdered scrambled egg. Um, but yeah, so the quality there wasn't great, but I like, I did the best I could with it, you know. So. And, and so, so I, I did, did make, 
considerable gains there really to be honest because a lot of my focus was putting on size when I was there so cool yeah decent very good so moving on so Jack has competed in bodybuilding he's done his first season this year um so what what time was it that you realized literally you realized about bodybuilding you found out about bodybuilding what what made you find out about it was it magazines or tv what how did you realize that bodybuilding was a thing yeah, yeah I, I, I mentioned, mentioned it briefly, briefly earlier, yeah, um when, when i first arrived at college one of the first boys i started really speaking to and got on with really well he was a competitive bodybuilder at the time he was, i think he was competing when he was about 17 he was a very big boy for his age and instantly uh, we started sort of going to the gym together i can remember Within the first week of being there, we had a leg session, and I think that's why I got addi- why I love training legs so much now, because I can remember we the the gym in I went to Dublin College. That was the college I went to, so I don't know if anyone wants to look that up. But they can they can look at if they go on Facebook and search for Legends Gym, they'll see they'll see the state on the gym there. It is a dungeon. And honestly, it's a dungeon. Considering it's a private school, the gym is, it's, a, it's basically a cave, that's what it is. And the squat, the squat rack is basically a cage. It's just four poles. And uh, I think the first leg session I had with this, uh, with this boy, we went in there, we squatted, I think, about 10 sets. On the last one, we just wrapped out till we couldn't basically couldn't stand and wow. failed and then from that we went straight onto the leg press and did exactly the same thing on leg press and all i can remember this was bear in mind this is probably the first time i've it was the first time i'd squatted i'd never squatted before in my life because obviously being in the um the school gym before there was no squat rack the only thing they had was one of those light fitness leg presses which you can basically stack with one leg but, um, yeah, so we, we hit this sled leg press and we did some mad drop sets, I can't remember. And all, I can, all I can remember is just my legs shaking uncontrollably. And I think that's, that's where I got addicted to training then. But, um, and then from there, I think I, through him, I found out about Flex Magazine. I think that's uh, evident with a lot of, um, with, a lot of the other interviewees, they've all said about Flex Magazine. Uh, I have a huge collection because I can remember my mum used to, every time I came home from um, from boarding school, she'd have the new the new edition ready for me and I'd just read it cover to cover. So I had a huge collection, yeah. Um, and what I used to do is uh, cut like cut all the pictures out and put them up on, on, on the wall, you know? And also, like... Uh, Say if I was training a certain body part that day, what I I I'd always have a collection of at least ten flexes in my room in in delivery. And if I was training, say arms, I'd open up all ten of the magazines I had in my room and lay them out on the best arm sort of motivation page. So I, and then I just sit sit there at five five o'clock whilst nailing my shake before the gym. Looking at all the different arm routines and all that, getting ready, getting a bit of inspiration for the session, yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I, think I read Flex, I read things like that. Um, and it definitely gives you a, a wide perspective on uh, bodybuilding. But at that point, like I thought those guys were natural. I thought that was achievable, <laughs> natural, and things like that. So that brings me to my next question. Obviously, you've competed in the BNBF, which is a yep. tested federation. Uh, so how did you find out about natural bodybuilding and the opportunities to compete as a drug-free athlete? Because I'm, you know, I've heard you mentioned NABBA and things like that, which obviously aren't drug tested. So, did no. you know about BMBF and things like that? And how did you get? How did you find out, basically? Um, first time, obviously, I've always known, known that it has been, been natural bodybuilding. I, I used to follow. Um, a bodybuilder, Aaron Curtis, Australian. I used to follow him quite a lot, and obviously he's natural. So I used to follow him. So that's when I first sort of saw that there was a scope for natural bodybuilding. Um, and also another one, Justin Figuera. I think he's another Australian. He's got an incredible shape for natural. Um, but, but competition-wise, the first time I sort of heard about it over here was to, um, I know your friends with him, yeah. Harry Johnson, uh, ah, yeah, because I, I went to I went to university with him. He's um he's a year below me in college. Was he at the time that you knew him or not? Uh, I, I didn't, didn't I didn't really know him. Um, I saw that's when I started to get to know him because the gym I used to train at in Cardiff, when he was prepping, he would go he pop into that gym now. A session. I'm, I'm not, not sure whether he just, just went to show off in that gym, but super dumb. Yeah. he'll probably watch this now. But yeah, yeah shout, shout out to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he was sort of, uh, and another one, another one who trained at that gym. His name's Martin Rowlands. He's um, yeah, I know. Do you know him? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's quite a bit older than us, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's a nice guy as well. Yeah, so those two were the first sort of guys I um, that sort of got me in. Switched on to natural bodybuilding over here, yeah. especially yeah. the BNBF fed, you know. So. Cool. So, how did you basically plan out your first preparations for a show? Uh, so, what sort of time scale did you know? Like, did you look at dates? Did you, more importantly, did you go to any shows beforehand and think, yeah, I want to do this one next year? Like, did you go to the BNBF Welsh, like, the year before, or anything like that? And then, how did you plan ahead? Well, basically, about two years ago, yeah. um, was the first time I, I properly dieted. Uh, for some reason, I, I wanted to get summer ready, so I, I went sort of zero carbs. I was doing sort of chicken and veg every meal, and I, I found out that I actually sort of leaned out really well and looked fairly good for it. So, at the time, I was in second year of university, I think. Yeah. And, I, like, I'd always, like I said, I'd always been the chunky boy. So, for the first time, I dieted down and thought, you know, maybe I could do some sort of bodybuilding. Uh, and then, at the time, um, at the gym I was training at, which you uh, fit in Cardiff, these, uh, these bodybuilding coaches approached me. And okay. said basically that they thought I might have sort of some potential, and they'd like to start working with me. Unfortunately, basically within a couple of weeks of that happening, I um I suffered a rotator cuff injury. Uh, I basically put off. I said to them, I've got this injury. I thought it was only going to take about a month to sort out. So I said, oh, I'll get back to you in a 
sort, sort, sort itself out. out. Yeah, okay. About, About a year, year and a half down the line, line I was still suffering from it, and I still hadn't contacted them. But then uh, last summer again, I dieted down just to get holiday ready again, and realised, you know, that even with the injury, I can still work around it and still look, still look relatively decent for it. So I said, you know, stop wasting your time. And I got back in contact with the bodybuilding coaches. It's a company called Empower Bodybuilding. Okay. Yeah, based down in South Wales as well, in Pontypridd. Yeah, so I got back in contact with them. And they said, right, let's start working together. Great. So um, we, we set out sort of like a plan of what we wanted to do, okay. uh, and they they are affiliated with the PCA Federation. Sure, down, sure, yeah. So um, like they run the Welsh leg of it. So uh, they said they said okay, well we'll get obviously if it's their show, they said we'll get you ready for that. So that's when we, that was what we set um, what we set our goals on. But that was in October of last year. Okay. Uh, and their sh- that show was April thirtieth. So, so basically, we set our eyes we set our eyes on that from the from October. That's when we planned it out. Because I never I never planned to do any other competitions. So that was the only one we were looking at. Um, so I had I had a really good off season working with them. They they sort of structure all of my diet, you know, I, I love my nutrition, I, I do a lot of research into nutrition in my spare time, but I just sort of, I let them take the sort of responsibility, because, yeah, they're, they're very experienced, they've coached quite a few sort of top, top athletes, so um, I put a lot of trust in them, so I let, I let them do my diet all over the off-season, uh, worked up to about five and a half thousand calories, so I, and I, Somehow managed to maintain abs as well, which I was like, I don't know, I think I was, but I did keep cardio to four times a week, so I was, yeah, I kept it in, so if, if, if it even hindered, hindered my gains, but I put on, I put on 10 kilos, 10 kilos, and then once I cut down to be show ready, I think it worked out to about, five kilos so i put on about five kilos of lean mass which is fairly substantial that's fairly incredible yeah yeah i'm not i'm not even in a position to say that's incorrect because you were shredded when you stepped on stage so you've put on a lot of tissue that's really interesting so you potentially gained some yeah yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Obviously, yeah, I gained, yeah, gained, gained it back. back. So, so it's not as if I was, I added five kilos on top of my old 90 kilo frame. Now I dropped back down to about eight in the 80s or something like that. Yeah, low, low 80s. So. How yeah. long was your prep out of interest, Jack? How long did um, you it? The prep for the PCA yeah. was 16 weeks. Oh, yeah. Okay. So time. Okay. Cool. And like, so, how did you find that? Was that any more difficult than the previous get summer ready cuts? Was it more difficult? Did you get leaner than ever before, 
or have you been that shredded and do you find it fairly comfortable to lose fat? Well, when, when I, I did, did the summer, summer ready, ready um, when, when I was summer ready, mm. I was very, I was, I was lean, lean, but I'd sacrificed muscle tissue for it, I think. Sure, sure. So, so I, I, I dieted down far too extremely. I think my calories must have dropped. They definitely would drop below 2,000 probably on. And, and then, then I was doing, I was only doing sort of, my cardio was just a bit of walking every morning. That's all it was really. Whereas this time when I was prepping, um, my calories, they dropped to, they went below 3,000 uh, during the last few weeks. But I was doing my cardio it's quite, quite intense. intense. It's, it's not hit by any stretch of the imagination, but it's quite like interval based yeah. on the spare master, so it's, it's really taxing. grinding out on your Instagram yeah. posts. So. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, do you, f- do you feel that that approach has worked? This is obviously a more in depth topic, but I'm interested. I'm sure there's a lot of people that will be interested. Do you think that that's approach, that approach has worked better for you in terms of keeping food intake higher? And doing more yeah, expenditure no, in the def- definitely. definitely. I I'd, I'd much, much rather eat more. Yeah. And not necessarily do more cardio, but sort of keep the intensity up with it. Okay. Like it's the, the, the cardio I do is pretty intense. Like I say, it's not something when I wake up in the morning because I do it at um at a twenty-four hour gym. I do it at about. Like quarter to five in the morning, just to get it done. And fast, yeah, fasted uh, quarter to five in the morning, yeah. Just, um, and some mornings, especially like after leg day and or two days after leg day, which is going to be tomorrow morning, which I'm not looking forward to. Uh, yeah, so doing the stair master intervals, it's not, it's not fun. Uh, I think it lets you enjoy the rest of the day. Then if you're eating more, you know, like I love the meals I'm eating at the moment. Cool. Um, I, I actually get, get quite depressed, depressed when I finish the meals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think everyone does. I'm prep, yeah. but you're just like, nah, I want more. What mm. does your um just quick roundup like? What does your approach look like in terms of are you uh, dieting on sort of like a more a higher carb, lower fat, or a higher fat, lower carb approach? What? How does your yeah. your nutrition? Um, I don't know. Uh, what, what people's, people's opinions will be of this, but um, I think for the for the PCA, the 16-week prep I did, I basically went from zero to 100 fairly quickly and uh, went completely keto, uh, zero diet, and I mean zero carbs. I think my, my, carb in, my carb intake was 20 grams a day, and that was all fiber. Yeah, wow, okay, yeah. And I did that for 16 weeks straight. No... No retreat in that time, no cheat meal. So that was the same ketogenic diet for 16 weeks. Yeah. Did you ever feel extremely flat at all or not? Not not flat, really. I think with keto, your first two weeks is fairly grim. And then you sort of go through, you go through that fat adaption sort of period. My, my fat, um, to be fair, my fat intake was very high. Very um, yeah. I, yeah, I was with, I was, like, two of my meals were, like, chicken salads, but on top of the salads, 
there was like seven teaspoons of olive oil. Yeah, so, but the only problem with that is, that is not satisfying calories, I can tell you that. If you told me I could swap the calories from 14 teaspoons of olive oil to the equivalent of oats and protein powder, yeah, that'll be about that'll be about five bowls as well, because oil is so calorie rich. Yeah, yeah, seriously, would. Um, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, you're, I admire that in terms of your dedication, your willpower to just listen to these coaches, and they've got you in great condition, mate. So you yeah, the problem is they, they advocated a cheat meal once a week. week. They, they said, said to me, okay. you can have a cheat meal once a week, don't, don't worry about it. it. But yeah. I, with, with a lot going, going, like, Building up on the sort of giving up chocolate and I've also like giving up sweets and stuff like that. Yeah, very boring individual here. But um, yeah, so I, I really like challenging myself, especially nutritionally. So I got to start the 16 week prep. I said, Do you know what? See how you go, no cheat meals. I remember, I think I told, that's what sparked it off. I saw a, um, I saw a post by a bodybuilder, you know, Jordan Peters, straight by JP. Yeah, I saw a post by him when I was considering having a cheat meal. Uh, I think it was at 16 weeks out, I was considering having a cheat meal and then sort of tapering them down. I saw a post by him saying how um, how some bodybuilders are willing to eat dirt as long as it gets them that trophy and you're whining about a cheat meal. He was, he was saying to his clients, but when, when I, I saw, saw that, it really sort of motivated the hell out of me. Yeah, and just as I thought, you know what, I've got, I've got the sort of willpower to do that. So I thought, mate, just challenge yourself and see how long you go. And then I managed to do the 16 week. I did it all in 16 weeks, and I'm actually still in. I've been dieting now for 22 weeks. Long time. And I've had, I've had one meal off the diet, which was two days after the PCA, and I went, it was a steakhouse, so all it really was was some steaks, some chicken, and a few, like, there was nothing bad there, don't get me wrong, I crave food, unbelievably, I, mean, I follow about 30 burger accounts on Instagram. And when I'm clicking through Instagram, eating my meals, yeah. it, it makes, makes my meal look, look so awful. But, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's almost like I enjoy talking to myself sometimes, but, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. From, like, an adherence point of view, I think, like, even, like, I think almost for you and a lot of people out there, this is why any time that I say flexible dieting is great, like, it's great, but it's not great for everyone. Like, it could potentially actually hinder your fat yeah. loss. Oh, don't get me wrong, I don't advocate what I've done, done at all. Okay. It's definitely, definitely not, not for everyone. It's probably, probably not, not healthy, healthy, to be honest. Okay. But um, and as, as soon as I'm, I'm done with prep and competitions this year, I will go back to a more sort of flexible diet, flexible approach. But even even the off season in the off season this year, because of the amount of food I was eating, I mean, five and a half thousand calories a day, I didn't have. I was going out for food sort of every third week. I just, I didn't have any cravings, you know. You wouldn't, yeah. Now this year I'm definitely going to make the most of it, yeah, because I've missed out on so many opportunities during prep this year. So it'll at least be a once a once a week sort of thing. 
I'm in total agreement on that. Like my my last off season, I didn't make any opportunity. No. I was just like, no, I have to eat these meals. This is my structure. Yeah. I wouldn't go out. So that's, that's what, what I say to people: people make, make the most, most of it when, when you can. can. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Think about that. People going on a sort of around Wales burger trip to find the best burger joints. Yes, man. I'm a, I'm a huge lover of pizza, as people probably know if I follow my Instagram. So, yeah, that's my thing yeah. um, that I missed out on and, yeah, now enjoying myself. So, um, rounding up that topic, what would your, like, top tip for a team that's really wanting to do a bodybuilding prep? So, they're not just wanting to get into the gym, they want to do a bodybuilding prep. What would your top tip be for them? I know a lot of people do it by themselves, but to be honest, you Try. Even, Even if, if you, you want, want to do, do the prep, prep yourself, you do need additional eyes. Comes to the sort of last few weeks because you're always looking in the mirror, thinking, "Am I ready? Am I ready?" But you need other people to assess. You don't have. That doesn't necessarily need to be a coach. Even though I would say it's a really good thing. It's worked. It's helped me out loads. Um, just have have people at hand, and it also it also help you just through the process as well. Having people with you, you know, just so you're not completely isolated by yourself. So yeah, I definitely say have another set of eyes. At least, even if it's not a coach, like just have yeah. someone watching. Cool, that's great. So. I'm conscious of uh, we're at like 45 minutes now. We usually yeah. sort of run for like 50 or so minutes. So we're going to briefly touch on a topic that I did want to get Jack to talk about because he's a student and he's gone through a contest prep whilst be, being a student, correct? Yeah. Cool. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. To an extent. So, yeah. yeah, to an extent. Okay, cool. So basically, like I know there's going to be a lot of students watching this. I actually have a... A client at the moment called John, who will be listening to this, who is a student um, yeah. and doing exams and things like that, going through contest prep. So, what would your advice be to people who are trying to balance uh, contest prep with studying uh, and other demanding things going on in their life? What would you say has been the the biggest help for you in terms of balancing balancing the two, like the training, the cardio, everything? Well, strangely enough, I think I'm probably more productive when I'm on. Um, so, for example, the weekend just gone. Yeah. Uh, so I competed on the Sunday. Okay. On the Friday before that, I had four essay deadlines. Wow. And yeah, so I think I think I did them all in. So I was smashing out an essay in about a week. Wow. Because I was in such a routine. Because, because I'd, I'd get, get up, up, do, do my, my cardio, prep all my meals, and then I'd have sort of like a three-hour slot to work. Then I'd have a meal, watch sort of a couple of videos, click through Instagram, get motivated for the session later. Then I'd have, then I'd be fully sort of refreshed, do another three hours, and then do it exactly the same again, have a meal, and then go to the gym. Then so I was in such a routine. That it just helped out a lot with work then. So I think that's the main thing is sort of finding a routine that works best for you um, and having that structure because I think that will help you get it done. Yeah. And also, stress is a big thing as well. 
for some reason, I'm really good that I don't let anything stress me out just because at the end of the day, it's not going to help anything, is it? So, you know, just relax about it, put your head down, get it done. As long as you're doing, and it sounds stupid, but as long as you're doing everything you can, then what, what more what more can you ask, you know? I think so. those two points are absolutely bang on. And I think that a lot of people stress out too much. I think, honestly, the people who get the leanest and look the best on stage have the most muscle retention and the best condition are the guys and the girls that just chill out and yeah, enjoy, it is. enjoy just, it. Just chill out about it. You know, don't genuinely. Stress, stress, stress ruins the physique. Yeah, like, definitely it does. It ruins them, yeah. Like, no, no matter how much... You try and mitigate it, like it does. It does really impact your prep, fat loss phase, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, massive, massive pro tips there. So thanks for them, Jack. Um, so yeah, finally, is I'd like to basically get people to know where they can find you and yeah. how you know if they if they want to basically contact you for any sort of uh, messages or advice or anything like that. Oh, yeah, no, definitely definitely for that. Yeah. Shoot, shoot. However, they can contact you and also shoot all your social medias as well. Anything that you're active on. Uh, probably the most active, if not too active, on Instagram. Uh, at, that's Jack Thorburn two. Okay. So T H O R B U R N. Jack Thorburn two. Uh, Facebook's just Jack Thorburn. Uh, what's about it really? I hate Twitter. I've got it, but there's no point in following me on it. Uh, yeah, so Instagram, Facebook, really. Uh, if you want, yeah, if you anything on Facebook, keen for that, or even on Instagram through direct message or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Wicked. And finally, what? what's going on for the rest of the year obviously you're still dieting at the moment what yeah. can viewers or listeners to this look forward to seeing in the future for, for Jack like what's in store for the rest of the year oh I was, I was lucky, lucky enough to um, win the junior class on Sunday yes. so uh, as soon as I got off stage I realised oh great it's another 12 weeks added to the diet so it would be a total of well, I'm 22 weeks deep into it now, so it's going to be 34 weeks of dieting. So, yeah, um, so yeah, I've got that coming up now in 11 and a half weeks, well, just over 11 weeks now, the BNBF finals in Perth, Scotland. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, I already scouted out the uh, the burger joint closest to the theatre. It's only a seven-minute walk away. So, um I've got, I've got all that sorted. sorted. Um, that's, that's sort of what I'm working towards now. So I've got about yeah, eleven weeks for that now. So um, anyone that follows me on social media then will see sort of um, the prep leading up to that. So I mean, I'm quite active on Instagram. I like yeah. to put out the content because you know I I don't. If you've got an Instagram, you know you use it. You know there's no point in not posting pictures. Fair enough if you want to just look through other people's pictures, but. Um, you know, I, I like, like to, to keep, keep sort of active on there, so I'm a minimum of one post a day. Yeah, good man. So, yeah. Be consistent with that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great, awesome, and I'll, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be at the British Finals also, so I'll get to meet you in person. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll get to meet you. Yeah, it'll be good, mate, really good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thanks very much, Jack. I appreciate you 
staying for this and staying up and uh, getting this done. Um, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having me. Anyway. Yeah, no worries, Jack. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much, guys, if you've hung around to listen to the full episode. We will catch you in the next one. So it's bye from me, and I'll let Jack sign out. Um, so, yeah, see you later, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for listening. listening. Cheers. Cheers.